You are listening to Here Now Podcast, where we dive deep into faith, hearing loss, and lifestyle, and talk about all the things that you need to be equipped in this journey we call life. I'm your host, Sophia Labano, and this show is here for you to find encouragement in everyday life that God created for you. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. Thanks for your support. Now let's get into the show. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Here Now Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Teresa Tamio onto the show today to talk about her new book and some of her recent adventures. So Teresa, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much. Uh, uh, Teresa Tamio, as you said, is, is my name and I'm a Catholic talk show host. I have a daily uh, national, actually international talk show every day on EW10 and Ave Maria Radio, which broadcasts Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And the second hour is picked up by EW10 on our 500 radio affiliates uh, across the country. I'm also the author of uh, numerous books and I have a speaking ministry and a communications ministry and also a special travel website that does consulting for Italy. So all things Italy and all things Christ and the Catholic Church. That sums it up, basically. (laughs) I love that. So I've never been to Italy, so hopefully if I one day get there, that is definitely something really cool. What's your favorite part of Italy? You know, it's it's hard to say. Probably the beautiful Amalfi Coast, which is uh, south of Naples on the Mediterranean. It's not far from where my mother's father was from, and it's just so breathtakingly beautiful. It's it's hard to describe. So probably the Amalfi Coast, and then second would probably be Puglia, which is the heel of Italy, mm. which also has some culture and a different type of waterfront on the Adriatic. So it's a stunningly beautiful country and a great place to really uh, find out more about our faith as well. Absolutely. I'm 100% sure that's true. How about the food? <laughs> well, don't even get me started on the food. It's just, it, it, yeah, I grew up in a 100% Italian American family. My husband's Italian and we thought that we knew good Italian food because we had wonderful chefs mm-hmm. and cooks in our family. And we went over to Italy and it was just even 10 times as, as delicious. Everything is so fresh. The meals are made to order. The pasta is fresh and the, the soil, the volcanic soil across Italy really has an impact on vegetables, the produce, and, and the herbs, so it just makes it that much more flavorful. So it's it's over the top. It's crazy. Oh, I, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> like, I would love an authentic Italian meal. So anyway, I wanted to, again, welcome you on the show and kind of just really talk about your new book. So why don't you tell us, what is your book? What's the title? And really, really what inspired you to write it? Well, here it is. I have a copy here. Like any good author to give a shameless plug, but since we're talking about the book, it's called Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us. And it was really born out of another book that I wrote uh, last year in 2020. This one came out in November, uh, my other book. I've never written two books in one year, but the majority of my speaking engagements were canceled. So why not you know, write more books? And after I wrote the book on COVID, which came out in May, Conquering Coronavirus, How Faith Can Put Our Fears to Rest, I was hearing from a lot of people who had found themselves going through a lot of really difficult times uh, early on in in the crisis. Of course, it's continuing, but when it first started, I think it was a lot more jolting because we didn't know what we were were facing. And so people were really looking for inspiration, looking for hope. And different stories started to pop up around the globe about how people were really hearing from God. And so I started to take some notes. And I've always kept a, what I call a Godsidence notebook or a Godsidence God Winks journal when I feel God has been speaking to me in a particular way, whether it's through scripture, whether it's another person, whether it's through, you know, a homily at mass, 
And so I've, I've kept a lot of notes on that and encouraged people to do that over the years. And when I heard from a lot of friends and a lot of listeners that they were having some similar God moments, I thought maybe it's time to do a basically a God Winks book. And, and this is what this really is. And when I say God Winks, there's actually another book out there talking about God Winks. But we mean that God affirming you, God letting him know, let, letting you know that he's there with us. And I had an experience before our interview today when I was very troubled about what's going on in the world and, and how many who are uh, gaining power or regaining power are people who claim to be Christian and are totally against things that we hold so near and dear, especially when it comes to family and life. And normally what the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is, is try to go right to the daily mass readings. And so I went to the daily mass readings and was so encouraged by the gospel which was talking about Jesus walking on the water and telling the apostles, be not afraid. And so I, I took a lot of encouragement from that and immediately recognized that was another God wink, an incredible way that God speaks to us because he speaks to us regularly through scripture. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of us, scripture is the first place that you go to when you think, oh, God's talking to me. So I really think it's inspiring how you kind of have drawn from current experiences with the world. And I know it's something that all of us are feeling, and I'm sure as an author, you're seeing that and you're gathering that research from people. So do you think, and I'm sure you probably can say yes, does God really speak to us in other ways other than scripture? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very clear that he uses everything that's at his disposal. I mean, he is, you know, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the end, as we, we've seen in the Gospel of John, everything that's, that is here is, it came through him and, and, you know, existed through him. So he's going to use nature. He's going to use, as I mentioned, other people. Obviously, he uses scripture in a big way. And as Catholics, we have a real advantage with that, especially with the way the whole mass is scriptural, which is a beautiful thing. But I found that he speaks to us in, you know, through billboards or through the church marquee or through a, a particular song that comes over on the radio. I've had many experiences like that. So there are different ways he speaks to us. And sometimes when people say, well, why would God talk to me? Why would I hear from God? I'm not good enough. I'm not holy enough. I don't have a theology degree. And so we kind of put God in a box and we don't think if we're good enough that he can reach out to us, but he's always standing there knocking at the door as we see in the, in the New Testament book of Revelation. I stand at the door and knock and if you open it and let me in, I will come and dine with you. So he speaks to us in a variety of ways. And what's, what I really like about the contributors, because it's not just me, I have about five stories in this book, but there's people from all walks of life, some very well-known, some just people out there, you know, doing their thing as faithful lay Catholics. But everybody had a different experience and God spoke to them differently in their particular set of circumstances. And so you could pick up this book and even if you, you want to give it as a gift to someone who may not be there in their faith that much, they're going to find someone to whom they can relate because we've got people from all walks of life, people like, for example, very prominent Al Cresta, Kelly Walquist with Women in the New Evangelization, Steve Ray, uh, famous you know pilgrimage leader, Joan Drome, Joan Lewis from EWTN. But then there are people who are working in the pro-life movement, people who are working in ministry. We have a priest, my associate pastor, who has a phenomenal story in there. So I think you can relate to all these folks. And some of them had these experiences during very traumatic times. A friend of mine wrote about her experience, and she just lost her husband recently, but how God had been speaking to her, preparing her. And she looked back on the retreat that she was in right before he died and realized that that was really a God moment for her, that God had been giving her the materials and the tools she needed to see her through that. So there's all kinds of different experience in there, and it's a really good combination of different people. Yeah, and I think that's probably the coolest thing about faith is that people will experience it in different ways, but it's going to impact 
whoever's reading it or listening to it in a different way. And the question to kind of follow up with that is how do we know God's really speaking to us and it's not something that we're kind of creating or generating ourselves? That's a great question. And I had that question from uh, another interviewer just yesterday. And she said, well, how do we know we hear from God? Well, I think one of the the big things is if you've got something on your heart and you're really praying about it, uh, usually what happens is that, that obviously God knows it's on our hearts all the time. Something will come up. Maybe someone will say something to you. Something will come up in scripture. There will be things, and we have to have our eyes and our ears open for this, that will address or affirm whatever you're going through. Now, in order to do that, in order to understand, you know, if it's coming from God, you have to be in prayer and you have to be in scripture. Now, God still speaks to people who aren't, let's say, in church or in prayer regularly. But if you're discerning a direction, a specific direction or a specific answer to prayer, then you have to be in communication with God. You have to be open to it. That's number one. So you're going to hear more and see more signs whether it be, as I said, a little literal sign in front of a church or, you know, somebody coming up to you or something you read in scripture. Another big thing, if if you're praying about something, but if it's not in the will of God in terms of if it's outside of what we believe as Christians and and Catholics, if you want something, for example, I had a woman um, who wrote me many years ago and was convinced that God was fine with her being in this, I'm not going to go into details, but being in this state of sin, because this was quote unquote, what she wanted at the time. And I wrote her back and I said, that's not from God. If you're hearing that this is correct, that can't be from God. I said, because what you're living in right now is a state of mortal sin. And it's very serious. So God is never going to affirm sin. He's never going to affirm something that goes against his will and that goes against what's best for us and the teachings of the church. If you're trying to do something and work outside of the natural law, outside of the commandments, outside of church teaching, and thinking that God is saying, oh, it's fine, it's great, it's wonderful, that's not from God. That is a combination of, you know, spiritual warfare and your own misunderstanding or, you know, for me for many years, I was unwilling to submit fully to the church and I got myself into a lot of trouble and almost cost me my marriage and more importantly, my soul, because everything was about me, 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 me. Why wouldn't God just bless me? Because it was about my career in the secular media and it cost me a lot of things. It's not that the career was bad, but what I was focusing on was my personal goals and achievements. What was best for me? The money, the fame, the latest story, the next Emmy Award, News Emmy Award. I wasn't focusing on doing God's will and serving people. I was focusing on servicing myself. And so I learned through that, that you have to make sure that what you're praying for, say, if it's your will, God, show me the way. And then things will start to happen when God sees a willing heart um, that is, you know, open and submits to him, then you're going to start hearing from God on a more regular basis. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I personally struggle with. And I'm completely open and honest about that as well. And I find a lot of times that I'll see something that I think could be a sign. But then I'm like, is that really God? Because I feel like God wouldn't pushing me to do something if it's against his will, you know what I mean? Right. And again, like you said, not in accordance with church teaching. So I think that's something that we all need to be paying attention to as we know, we're going into this new year is how God is really speaking to you in accordance with the church. And I think that is such a powerful point that we need to emphasize a lot more. So what are some of the steps that people can take no matter where they are in their faith journey to get closer to God and be able to hear from him on the regular basis? Another great question. As a matter of fact, at the end of each chapter, we have reflection questions. I just want to kind of outline what what they can expect in the book. So we have different contributors, different sections. We have a section on the mass and the Eucharist. We have a section on angels. We have another section on, you know, 
professional experiences of people. So at the end of each chapter, all the contributors have given us uh, reflection questions and also a, a words of wisdom, their own experience, and a quote from the saints. At the end of the book, you have a detailed resource section that gives you all kinds of different Bible studies and online different events you can check out. Also, really good Catholic media, different podcasts, all kinds of stuff out there that will help you in your journey with God. So some of the steps, number one is, the biggest thing I say is, is this submission, this whole idea of submitting. Are we really submitting ourselves to Christ? Western brothers and sisters would talk about, you know, submitting ourselves and accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Amen. In the Catholic Church, however, we don't see that as a one-time prayer. We see that as something we do every day. Every day you get up and say, here I am, Lord, I have come to do your will. And your will, Lord, not mine. It doesn't mean that what you may want for your life is out of God's will or bad. It's just that we have to make sure that we are in God's will because that's where our full happiness is going to be found. So number one is submission to Christ in the church. Number two has a lot to do with silencing the noise and coming to a place. And the Pope talked about this on the uh, Feast of the Epiphany, January 6th, where he's talking about we have to be more like the Magi. We have to be more open to worshiping God. And we have to be able to lift our eyes up and not concentrate so closely on our daily circumstances and our frustrations. Not to put our head in the sand, but to make sure that we keep our eyes on Christ in the midst of whatever we're going through. And it's a lot more difficult to do that if you're constantly surrounded by a lot of noise. And I struggle with this all the time because I do a daily talk show and I have to do a newscast every day and I have to be up on the issues because I interview people from all walks of life on different topics, both Catholic and secular. And so I have to really balance that because what I found, especially last year with, and still with all the bad news and with all the COVID fallout and everything else going on under the sun, that it was affecting my personal approach to life. I was getting very negative. I was getting very overwhelmed. And over the holidays, I really made an effort to, to silence a lot of the noise and I was so much more peaceful. So submission, silencing the noise, and then adopting some really, really good habits and one of the best things to do is to get into the habit of reading scripture every single day. And it's very easy to do in the Catholic Church. We don't have to just kind of figure it out on ourselves because we have universal, the church is universal, and we have the mass readings. There's all kinds of great resources, which I also have in the book, that will keep you in touch with scripture. So I said that's three simple things. The submission thing is probably the biggest deal. We all struggle with it because we have pride and we have our own ideas. So constantly submitting and asking God, you know, make sure I'm in your will. Number two, silencing the noise. And number three, get into some really good holy habits. So the three, the three S's, silence, submission, and scripture. I think that's wonderful. Good for you. Look, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. That's the first one. I love that. You know, silence is something that a lot of us moving away from because there's just so much going on and right. you know you want to stay in touch with things you know what's happening on the news what do i need to be aware of today but i think it's one of those things that we really need to focus on moving back towards you know i always think of the the medieval and ancient monks who used to just sit in silence and really were tapped into what god was speaking to them more than we are today because they didn't have any phones or tv or news to worry about such a 21st century problem yeah. <laughs> but of course you know scripture and submission submission is huge and a lot of us praying the surrender novena has done great things for us in our lives but i did want to ask about some of your favorite stories in the book so if you want to just kind of share a little bit without spoiling some of it what are some of your sure. favorites yeah oh gosh um there's so many i think probably one of my favorites is a, a friend of mine who works in the pro-life movement and she's been in the pro-life movement for a long time and she used to live here in michigan where i live she moved since indiana a while ago but she was i have 
having her first day as a volunteer at the Pregnancy Resource Clinic in Detroit. And we call that story the accident that was no accident. A young woman comes in, abortion-minded woman, and my friend Julie is, you know, she's got all the information. She's all set to go. She's all fired up, and she tries to convince this young girl not to have an abortion. The girl tells her, I'm just here to see you because I told my boyfriend I would come. He doesn't want me to have the abortion, but I'm abortion-minded. I want to get this done. I have too many things to do in my life, yada, 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 yada. So, you know, Julie's trying to convince her, look, we can help you. Can you just wait a few days? Can you think it over? Nope, nope, nope. I just check this off the list. So she leaves and my friend's all upset, thinking she blew it, thinking she shouldn't be working in, in this kind of ministry. The young woman was on her way to work and she gets into a fender bender in a very busy intersection in Detroit. And the cops come and nobody was seriously hurt, but the cops ask her, by chance, are you pregnant, ma'am? And she says, well, yes, I am. So he said, well, we're going to have to take you to the hospital for an ultrasound. So they take her uh, to the hospital and she sees the baby on the ultrasound, the little baby looking as if she's waving to her mom. That was it. She canceled the abortion, came back when the baby was born and told her friends what had happened. And so that was the accident. That was no accident. And God allowing this situation to occur and reminding my friend, you know, I've got this. You did your best. Now I'm going to move in. That's one of my favorite stories. Another favorite story is uh, my friend John, who owns a uh, very large travel corporation here in Michigan, with whom I work and do pilgrimages and whatnot, and really struggling as to what to do with his business. Because as you know, the travel industry is one of the biggest affected by COVID, obviously. And he was really struggling and he was in mass just praying and praying and praying. And at the point of the mass, I think, I think it was during the consecration, and he just said, okay, Lord, I just need a sign. Just tell me what to do. Just give me an encouragement. And all of a sudden, the particular prayer from the priest at that moment was the word pilgrimage. So the minute he said, what do I do? He heard the word pilgrimage. God was directly telling him, he felt, as he describes in his story, to continue. It's going to be difficult. Pilgrimage may not be the same. But I'm here for you, and I think you need to continue. Those are just two of the stories. There's all kinds of other stories all across map the way God speaks to us. Steve Ray talks about a dream that he had of God waking him up in the middle of the night and telling him he has to do a video series called The Footprints of God. And and which is like, what? I can't even operate my cell phone camera. What do you want me to do? So, you know, God speaking to people in dreams, God speaking to people at mass, God speaking to people, you know, in scripture. Just some great stories. And you know, so many people are responding to this, Sophia, with their own stories. And I'm wondering if we should do and you know and listening for God too. I'm praying about that right now. No, absolutely. I think so many things are going to come out, not only from people reading it, but from this experience of COVID where they're just really forcing themselves to be intentional. You've, you've got nothing else to do except be with right. yourself and be with God. So yeah, I think you should. <laughs> I'd be all for that. But it's more kind of, you know, just a, a surface question. Can this book be used for group studies? Do you have any plans to do that in the future? Yeah, yeah the, yes, we are. As a matter of fact, first of all, yes, it can, because of the way we designed it with the reflection questions and, and the different quotes, the reflection questions are designed for, either, designed for either personal or group study. And then we're also talking about, and we'll get you the information, we're also working on something for Lent, do an actual virtual conference to launch this for Lent. So people can go through this book during Lent, especially in 2021, where we're far from being over the situation with COVID and the fallout from, from so many of the effects. And so that's why I think helping people train themselves on how to listen to God more effectively, regularly and clearly this book will be a great asset during Lent. So yeah, we are working. I don't have the details. We're talking to Sophia Press, but that should be happening sometime in mid-February, right about the beginning of Lent. 
Amazing. Yeah. I can't believe Lent's just right around the corner. I know, right? <laughs> it feels like just yesterday we were going through Lent last year too. Yep. And of course you covered this question as well, but are there any other resources in the book um, other than what you mentioned that might help people grow in their faith and want them to purchase the book? Yeah, I think so. What we've done in the back is we also give them, in addition to, you know, Bible studies, we give them recommended Catholic resources. For example, we have Ave Maria Radio, Catholic News Agency, Catholic Scripture Study, EWTN, Magnificat, Marian Helpers, National Catholic Register, Priest for Life, um, my website, Tease Italy, which is all about, you know, pilgrimage. If you're a Sander House here, we've got a link to our Catholic View for Women program that I do, the TV program I do on EWTN every weekend. Women in the New Evangelization, Kelly Walker's wonderful ministry. So there's a whole list of recommended Catholic resources and how to get more involved in your faith in addition to maybe deciding to, to study scripture further, which is a big thing of mine because my husband and I actually came back to the Catholic Church through a non-denominational Bible study, which is why scripture is so important to us. That's awesome. So if you don't mind me asking, what kind of was your, your conversion, reversion story? Um, oh, it's a it's a, <laughs> a series of huge miracles. Suffice it to say, my husband and I both grew up Catholic, but we were nominal Catholics by the time we got married and we were focused very heavily on our careers. And we were very successful very early on and got caught up with all the secularism. And that took over and it caused a, a real separation and problem in our marriage. And it wasn't until we came close to divorce that we really woke up and smelled the cappuccino. My husband, out of the blue, was invited to a uh, men's non-denominational Bible study through a mutual friend. He went to that Bible study and was just amazed because he grew up you know, Catholic and he was an altar boy. And they were studying at the time Exodus and Deuteronomy. And he recognized the references to the Catholic Church, the altar, the vestments, even the, the Lamb of God, the Lamb, the, the slaughtered Lamb, the sacrificed Lamb. And then he had this aha moment, which led to many others, where he said, oh my gosh, the Catholic Church is in the Bible. Who knew? And so he was on fire for, for scripture and the faith. And then shortly after that, about a year after that, I was um, fired from a big TV news job. My career was everything. I've been ignoring my family and my home. Everything's about me, myself, and I. And, you know, they changed, um, you know, programs and, and TV personalities and radio personalities that they changed underwear and ties, and I wasn't expecting it. And so I had the rug pulled out from under me. And for six months, I was so angry. I didn't want to hear anything about God because I felt God was punishing me or God didn't love me. And then finally, I just said, uncle, after about six months and said, okay, Jesus, you know, whatever you want me to do. And I decided to enroll in this Bible study. And then gradually, we enrolled in a Bible study together. The men's turned into a couple's Bible study. I was in women's for a while, but then they had a couple's Bible study. And we started to really study scripture. There weren't any Catholic Bible studies in our area at the time. This was like almost, well, it's about 28 years ago. And it really opened our eyes to the beauties of the faith. We got more involved in our parish. I never wanted to leave the Catholic Church. We never officially left. We just drifted. And I had a profound experience when I made my Holy Communion where I really knew that the Eucharist was real. And I just loved the Mass and I loved the saints. And so as a child growing up Catholic and going to Catholic school, there was this, this love that was instilled in me for the Catholic Church. But I, I just got too worldly too quickly and pretty much you know, lost control and, and forgot about it for a while. So when we came back through these two Bible studies that we were eventually in and then we were in Bible study together, we really made an effort to get involved in our parish. And then one thing led to another. My husband started to discern the diaconate. He's now been a deacon for almost nine years. And I left the secular media and went into Catholic radio. And that was like almost 20 years ago, believe it or not. So it's crazy. That's a very 
shortened version of our journey, but it's just miraculous. It really is. That, that's amazing. And yeah, you, you truly know when you've moved into from secular to Catholic radio, you're like, yeah, right. this is it. I'm fully yeah. immersed now. But is that what inspired your book Beyond Sunday, your conversion story? Yeah, my conversion story, and then also being around so many cradle Catholics who don't take their faith beyond Sunday, and, and it could be by no fault of their own, because maybe they were poorly catechized, or the emphasis of a relationship with Christ was really put upon them, or ex they weren't exposed to that. And the, the actual title of the book came from a quote my mother-in-law said to us after Dominic's um, ordination. She was watching all the friends. We had a you know reception and whatnot, invited friends over, and friends wanted to comment on why they thought my husband would make a good deacon. And um, there are about 50 people in, in the banquet hall room and everyone would come up because we had a lot of people from out of town, Dom's family, and they'd say, I'm so-and-so and I work in this ministry, or I'm so-and-so, I work with the parish with Dom. And they would each describe how they met my husband and everyone was related to the faith in some way, shape or form. And so my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my brothers-in-law are sitting there and we got back to the house and my mother-in-law, who's usually very talkative, was very quiet. And I asked her what was wrong. And she said to me, she said, you and Dominic are the only people I know who take their Catholic faith beyond Sunday. She said, I honestly don't know how to do that. Nobody ever taught me. And I felt so sorry for her because she, you know, she goes to mass. She tries to be a faithful Catholic, but she doesn't know what it means really still. And she still struggles with it, even as an elderly woman. And we're always trying to send her, you know, different books and whatnot to try to help her. But what does it mean to put that faith into practice every single day and to live a truly authentic Catholic life? So that's where that book came from, Beyond Sunday, Becoming a 24-7 Catholic. Yeah, I, it's funny because I was telling you before we recorded this that I happened to see it in church one day and I was like, I just need to get this. Like, I need to read it. And I'm excited to start it, but I love how it's a 24-7 Catholic, that mm -hmm. something that we all need to strive for, you know, whether or not you're Catholic, just really pursuing your faith all hours and all days of the week. So any last words of advice or wisdom that you want to leave with the audience, whether it's on, you know, listening to God's voice or anything related to the book? Well, I want to go back to what you said, and, and I'm going to steal that from you, the three S's. And I've been repeating it, but didn't come up with that summary. So thank you. But I'll, I'll give you attribution for it. I'm trying to journal to give you the attribution. <laughs> but, you know, we have silence, well, submission, silence, and scripture, those three S's that we talked about earlier. And then also, I really want to encourage people to get the book, Listening for God, Discovering the Way, the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us. Very easy to get. It's from Sophia Press. I have a link on my website, teresatomio.com slash listening for God. And that's Teresa without an H. I was named after Teresa of Avila, T-E-R-E-S-A. I think you'll, you'll, you'll find the book very helpful, very comforting, and very encouraging, especially now with what's going on in the world. Buy a few of them to give it to friends, even if that person is not Catholic, or even that person may be Catholic or in a fallen away Catholic. This is not a book that is going to hit someone over the head and say, you know, you're not in the church, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's a very welcoming book. I mean, obviously, we want all people to remain in the church and be faithful, but this is a book that just speaks to the heart. God loves you, and he's trying to speak to you, and hopefully this will help people see how he's doing just that. I'm excited to get my hands on a copy. Is it available now for people yes. to buy? Yes, it is. Again, it's it's been out since um, late November. Okay. Uh, so they can go to, uh, again, my website, the easiest way to find it, teresatomio.com slash God. You can also order it on Amazon, Listening for God. Just put that in, in the Amazon uh, book section. But yeah, it's readily available now. 
Awesome. Yeah, all the links for that will be in the show notes below. And last question is, where can people find, connect with you? I know you mentioned a couple of ways, but anywhere else. Yeah, well, they can just go to, again, my, my homepage, TeresaTomio.com. It has links to all of my shows, uh, regardless of where you're at in the country, even if you're not in Michigan. Uh, I'm on EWTNN, Ave Maria Radio, so they all have apps. Everybody's got an app. But the best thing, probably the one, I would say, one-stop shopping umbrella, would be to go to my website, and everything is there at TeresaTomio.com. Amazing, Teresa. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It was so wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week's episode of Here and Now podcast. Don't forget to check out all the show notes down below. And without further ado, we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.